Tonight on our weekly segment, Prepare for Flight, the weekly report for Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022. Russia is about to declare war. Is Ezekiel 38 about to come true? Did you know that the Israelites are now preparing to build the third temple in Israel? All this and more tonight on The Last Christian Radio Show. Welcome to The Last Christian Radio Show with your hosts, Brother J.D. Williams and Brother T.L. Farley. It's now time to grab your Bible as prophecy brings into focus the events playing out on the world stage at incredible speed, right before our very eyes, and exactly as was foretold. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Last Christian Radio Show. My name is J.D. Williams. As always, I'm joined there in the Dallas area by Mr. T.L. Farley. And Terry, before you can even speak, I want to let people know this. Russia is about to declare war, and we predicted it. It's going to happen. The news media doesn't want to tell you about it, but we're going to give you some details tonight. Also, we mentioned in the intro there that the final preparations for the Third Temple are, well, they're speeding up. Uh, Terry, we're going to talk about all that and more tonight. Uh, but first of all, say hello to everybody and let them know what you're up to. Hello, everybody, and I'm up to about five six. I used to be taller, but I got old. <laughs> so anyway, I'm doing okay, though, because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Okay. Now, before we get into the meat of this show, and believe me, we have got a ton of stuff. I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff. Before we get into that, though, uh, I think really uh, the, the, the first thing that I'm going to play for you guys tonight uh, is the local stuff. You know, the, the stuff, uh, by that I mean the United States. The United States comes first. And I've got a reason for, for uh, playing this, and I'll let you know it right after you hear it. Here we go. The Federal Reserve made history on Wednesday, approving a third consecutive 75 basis point hike in an aggressive move to tackle the white-hot inflation that has been plaguing the U.S. economy. The supersized hike, which was unfathomable by markets just months ago, takes the central bank's benchmark lending rate to a new target range of 3% to 3.25%. That's the highest the Fed funds rate has been since the global financial crisis in 2008. Wednesday's decision marks the Fed's toughest policy move since the 1980s to fight inflation. Michael Patterson reporting. New York's Attorney General sued former President Donald Trump and his company for fraud on Wednesday, alleging they padded his net worth by billions of dollars by lying about the value of prized assets. Attorney General Letitia James dubbed it the art of the steal. James' lawsuit, filed in state court in New York, is the culmination of a three-year civil investigation of Trump and the Trump Organization. Trump's three eldest children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump, were also named as defendants, along with two longtime company executives, Alan Weisselberg and Jeffrey McConney. Davis Richards reporting. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 riot on Capitol Hill will hold another hearing next week, the group's chairman said Tuesday, suggesting that it could be the last time they convene publicly. Representative Benny Thompson told reporters at the Capitol on Tuesday, that the committee will hold its final hearing on September 28th. I can say that unless something else develops, this hearing at this point is the final hearing. But it's not in stone because things happen, Thompson said. 
Roger Cantor reporting. Okay, so why did I play that, Terry? I played that because the economy is crashing. We have a president that doesn't know what he's doing. And I mean, literally, has no clue what he's doing. He he doesn't know yeah. uh, unless he's Family. instructed. To, yeah, unless he's instructed to do so, he has no idea when to stand up, when to sit down, or what to talk about. Um, recently, uh, at the Queen's funeral, he actually had a piece of paper in his pocket. Terry, he had a piece of paper in his pocket mm -hmm. with what he was supposed to write in the condolences book. And when he got there, he took the piece of paper out of his pocket, he laid it down on the condolences book, then went back and forth. Read, <laughs> write, read, write. The man has no idea. He is incompetent, totally incompetent. And anybody that doesn't believe that, well, I feel for you. I'll give you a second to talk about any of that news, and then, then we're going to get into the meat of what this program is all about today. Yeah, well, it's all but that that lady up in New York. Uh, she's been after Trump ever since she got into office. She actually went into office originally for that very purpose, uh, and she's going to have to be careful because she could turn around and get sued by Trump's lawyers for the kind of things she's accusing him of. So that'll be interesting, uh, and the rest of it, you know, it's it's all passing through. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. She can be sued. I, I would even interject. She probably will be sued. But but the, but the thing yeah. is this. Why? Why are we still focused on January the 6th? Why are we focused on Donald Trump? And the answer is very simple. They are scared to death of Donald Trump. They want to do everything yeah. that they possibly can to make sure the man is not on the ballot. They're going to fail because every time that they come up with these one of these new uh bombshell reports, it all turns out mm -hmm. to be fake every time. Mm -hmm. So the man, uh, you know, they're, they're terrified of him. They're trying to keep him off the ballot because of one thing, he'll win. That's the only thing, mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, they've got an incompetent president that they've got to try to prop up. And, you know, Donald Trump can talk for two hours and he doesn't need notes. He doesn't need a teleprompter. He doesn't need anything else. And Joe Biden, yeah. you know, he needs assistance to get to the bathroom. I mean, you know, yeah. it's really that simple. So um, anyway, uh, as I said, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff, and this is the heart of it. And we're going to start off with this because, you know, the Iran deal, the nuclear deal, well, Iran yeah. had comments on that. So let's listen to that. Iran's president insisted Wednesday that his company is serious about reviving a deal meant to prevent it from acquiring a nuclear bomb, but questioned whether Tehran could trust America's commitment to any eventual accord. The U.S. had already trampled on a previous deal, President Ibrahim Raisi told the U.N. General Assembly, referring to America's decision to pull out of the accord in 2018, ever since Iran's 1979 revolution that overthrew its western-backed Shah. Tehran has been at odds with the United States and has sought to project itself as a counterweight to American power, Harry Michaels reporting. Okay, so Iran is trying everything that they can to delay any action by um, the International Nuclear Association or whatever it's called, by the UN, by the United States. And all the time that we're delaying, they're building, they're building, they're building, they're building. And I would argue they already have nuclear weapons. They just don't have a transport system yet. I don't have any proof of that, but I'm just going by um, everything that I'm hearing from a number of sources that say they've at least enriched the, uh, the, the uranium that's necessary for a bomb. 
So whether or not it's constructed yet or not, I couldn't tell you, but I bet you that they do, and I bet you it's already available to them. They just don't have the transport system. Okay, now, how does this tie in? And the deal is this. I have been warning for months, and we have discussed this on the show a number of times, that there is a huge possibility that Russia will use tactical nuclear weapons, right, in, mm-hmm. in the Ukraine, right? Okay. Yep. Well, um, now, we were in our pre-show on Thursday, Terry, we, you know, our normal mm-hmm. discussion of, you know, what all we're going to have doing in the show. and. One guy that we really both trust, who is, he lives in Israel. His backyard actually faces the future Valley of Armageddon. He is, uh, as I said, he is a Jew, okay? But he is also a Christian, and he is great with prophecy. And while we were in our pre-discussion, he did a video. And I want to play just an excerpt of it. Remember, as a member of the U.S. Press Association, I can do this. Uh, YouTube did everything that they could to to shut down my last one. And then they realized I was with the U.S. Press Association, and they let it play. Anyway, here is Amir Tersvarte. The two republics, Donetsk and Lugansk, together with Zaporzida, the the, the place where the nuclear plant is, they are about to hold a referendum on whether they want to be annexed to Russia. No longer they're going to be independent republics. Now they are going to be part of Russia. What does that mean? It means that if Ukraine is attacking Russian forces, in those territories that will be attack on russia itself not on their republics which ukraine of course does not recognize basically what we're about to hear is the following thing a declaration of war a draft of all of of, uh, people that can fight to the military a use of unconventional weapon and other countries will join Russia. This is the most dramatic uh, move since the beginning of the war. And remember, we call it war, the Russians don't call it war. And therefore, we must understand a war is about to be declared. All Russian males from 18 to 45, there's already unverified reports, but this is coming. They will be drafted to the military. And the most important thing is, Russia is stepping up its game with different type of weapons and with the help of other countries such as Belarus coming from the Northwest. Okay, so now again, this was on Tuesday. Okay, he said that on yeah. Tuesday. Now, uh, you want to take a guess how much airtime was given uh, to and what U.S. intelligence had to know this, right? I mean, they yeah, had to. Of course. Okay, so the of national course. news media had to know this, right? Yes, of course. Okay. 
Okay, so how many minutes do you think were given to this story on Tuesday by any network, liberal or conservative? Zero? Correct. Not one bit. So... Um, how did I know that? Yeah. So, um, you know, so that means that, that people might be dismissive of it. They say, oh, well, you know, that's just a that's just a Bible guy, you know, and he's just taking a guess and he's trying to get views, right? Okay. Well, on Wednesday, not the United States, mind you. This didn't happen in the United States. This is CBC News. Check it out. That, as we heard, Putin is also leveling new accusations at the West, warning that an escalation to nuclear weapons if Russian territory is threatened. So let's talk about how this threat might factor into the new scramble by pro-Russian breakaway republics and Russian-occupied territories in Ukraine to join Russia. Well, that's right. And, and obviously, the, the nuclear threat coming from Putin is not new. He has made this threat a number of times. But the context in which it's being made right now is quite different. And as you mentioned, you have these uh, four republics, uh, four regions, sorry, in Ukraine that are occupied by Russia, Donetsk, Luhansk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson. And all of them, uh, in a joint move, basically have hastily called these referendums that are going to begin Friday. And so Russia says it supports the referendums. Uh, and it's basically setting the stage for Russia to annex these territories. And what's important here is that if that happens and Russia claims this area as their own, what happens then when Ukraine tries to take them back and, you know, begins firing weapons into those areas? What then? What Putin says is that that would basically give Russia license to use whatever means at its disposal uh, to defend itself, to defend its, quote, territorial integrity. Now, Putin in his speech did say that he was not bluffing uh, when it came to the nuclear threat. You still do have some um, analysts that we've spoken to who say, you know, they don't think Russia is willing to go down that road because Putin knows just what that would mean uh, if Russia were to to, you know, ready their nuclear weapons. But. I do think it is all very worrying, um, and you have to remember that before Russia invaded, there were a lot of observers, too, that said Russia wasn't going to do that. Right. Russia said that they weren't going to invade. And if you remember, uh, there were a lot of politicians that were saying, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And because, you know, the United States and Joe Biden said, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. We won't let you do that. And then they did it. OK. And now that they've begun to take some losses, Putin is not going to let that uh, happen. I, I told you months ago that this was a, you know, it was a silly effort to try to support the Ukraine because they're going to lose. Russia is not going to back down. Russia is not going to quit. Russia is going to play it all the way to the end. Your your comments on that, Tara? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that you and I, of course, we're kind of cheating a little bit uh, by the world standards because we've got the Bible and we're seeing all of this come to, into play. Everything's falling into, into place. Uh, all of the decisions that are being made uh, on our side that are wrong are simply part of God's prophecy that these things are going to be fulfilled. And so we're watching it. It's like we're sitting on the front row seat eating popcorn. And right. uh the good news is Jesus is coming. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And speaking of that, that kind of leads me into the next part of this, because, you know, all this activity is, is happening. All this is in the last six months. OK, all yeah. of this is in the last six months. And uh, the Bible says that in the last days, things are going to speed up. Well, guess what? Yep. You know, we, we have to change our show um, 
every every day. You know, I mean, we, we, we have a show on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And when I finish the show on Tuesday, I start working for the Thursday show. And between mm-hmm. Tuesday and Thursday, things change so much that I can't even use the original thing that we were going to use. It's always got to be something different. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Other, other, something else that, that is going on right now, and this one I want you guys to pay really close attention to. I'm actually going to have Daniel Farley uh, on the show mm-hmm. on Saturday, and he's going to detail this this a little bit more for you. And uh, his description is actually better than what I'm going to show. I just didn't have time for him today. But I want you to listen to this. This is from the Watchman News, another one that we follow carefully because they're very they're right on. Okay, so I want you to listen yeah. to this. This concerns Israel. This concerns the construction of the third temple, which, by the way, and we'll talk about this in a minute, is actually the temple for the Antichrist. But just listen to this. Yes. For the first time in some 2,000 years, we can now say that unblemished red heifers are on the ground in Israel in 2022. Yes, it really happened late last week when five rabbi-approved red heifers arrived at Ben-Gurion Airport from Texas. Now, the cows were greeted at the airport by some 300 people and a welcoming ceremony. And if you're not familiar with the Law of Moses and Bible prophecy, you might be asking right about now, what's the big deal? Some red cows arrived in Israel. So what? Why should I care? And what's all the fuss about? Well, for starters, the Law of Moses says that For someone to become ritually pure for sacrifice, the ashes of an undefiled red heifer are required. Historically, for a Jew to sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem, this was an absolute must. More on that in a minute. The book of Numbers, chapter 19, verse 2, lays it all out, saying, quote, This is a requirement of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the Israelites to bring you a red heifer without defect or blemish, and that has never been under a yoke. The only problem was that for the past 2,000 years, no such red heifer existed that we know of. Until now. Evangelical Christian farmers in Texas, who are apparently very familiar with Mosaic law and the requirements, donated the heifers, and upon arrival in Israel, The cows were reportedly taken to a farm near Beit Shan, where they're currently under supervision and in a 10-day quarantine. Now, a group called Bonet Israel, I think I'm pronouncing that right, located the cows and helped facilitate this entire operation and get them to Israel. Pretty incredible work by Bonet Israel. Before the cows departed the U.S., a group of rabbis from the Temple Institute in Jerusalem even went to Texas and gave them the thumbs up. Five red heifers, unblemished, just as the law of Moses requires. Now, another major point here, and another reason why you should care about these cows, is that many in Israel and many prophecy watchers believe that the emergence of these red heifers after 2,000 years is one of the final steps towards the construction of a third Jewish temple in Jerusalem and the resumption of temple sacrifices. And they believe that means we are very close to the Messianic age. Remember, the first temple, Solomon's temple, was destroyed by the Babylonians, and then the second temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. Yet the Bible is clear that a third temple will be built 
and that it will stand in Jerusalem. And it will stand in Jerusalem. And there, there's, a, there, there's a couple of points there, and I want, I want your input on this, Terry. A couple of points. Yeah. Uh, number one, we're going to talk about the third temple um, and also the Messianic age. Can, can you, uh, real, real, real quick, uh, talk about the Messianic age, what, what you understand about that anyway? That's the thousand-year reign when Jesus comes back uh, and it takes us after the War of Armageddon, after all of these things, he comes back and destroys the Antichrist. Doesn't destroy him completely, throws him into a fire. But anyway, uh, he's going to come up later. But uh, anyway, the point being that then we have the thousand-year reign. That's called the Messianic Age. That's when the real temple will be built uh, in which Jesus will be there and they'll be sacrificing and so forth. Right, and that one actually turns uh, into the fourth is. temple. But the, yeah, but, and going but, back to the going back to the third temple, yeah. uh, let's let's remind ourselves that the 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 cattle cannot be offered as a sacrifice until that third temple is built. Correct. And Maybe. they haven't started. They have yeah. not started construction yet. They, they don't started. even have the actual. They don't have the site confirmed. Yeah, I know well, there's talk you know, about more, different places. Yeah, there, there, there's, of course. Now this plays into what we, uh, what we played earlier, that for yeah. two thousand years they have not had the necessary cattle that is required yeah. under Jewish law to perform these sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Now I know that they have already constructed a lot of things that are ready to go. Whenever the temple yes, is actually they do. built, yes. yeah, they've already they've got, got stuff the ready to go. and all of it, yeah, mm -hmm. right. So Absolutely. you know, everything is coming together, and again, it's coming together really, really, really fast. Now then, for mm -hmm. those of you who are like science buffs, you know, and you don't want to listen to the Bible or whatever, I got another report uh, from the same guy from from the Watchman, and he addresses science. Okay. Uh, one thing that they never want to tell you about is when they prove something the Bible is right. They never want to tell you that. Yeah. Well, this guy does. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. We had a Bible prophecy breakthrough last week with the red heifers, obviously. Well, we also had a biblical archaeology breakthrough at Palmaquim National Park near Tel Aviv along Israel's Mediterranean coast. Now, archaeologists from the Israel Antiquities Authority found an ancient burial cave near the beach that contained dozens of whole pottery and bronze vessels dating back some 3,300 years ago to the time of Pharaoh Ramses II. Now, he's the Pharaoh that many associate with the Exodus story. One Israeli archaeologist called this a once-in-a-lifetime find. Okay, once in a lifetime find, and it took them 3,300 years to locate this. And now look, every time that science says, oh, well, you know, the Bible's not true, it proves itself again and again and again and again. You know, at, at one time, that, let's, let's take a refresher course here. At one time, scientists didn't know that gravity existed. At one time, scientists told us that the world was flat. At one time, the scientists uh, believed that if you had a wound, that they'd cut you more and bleed you out to get more, um, more blood flow. In other words, science has been wrong so many times that you can add them up and add them up and add them up. And to this day, 
To this day, the Bible has not been proven wrong a single time. And every time they prove it or they try to prove it wrong, well, they uncover something that proves it right. So, well, uh, even people, even people that believe in the Bible, uh, back in the 1800s, uh, Bible scholars were saying they discovered an error in the Bible because it talks about the Hittite kingdom, and everybody knew there was no such kingdom. And well, lo and behold, after they'd gotten their stand and everybody had accepted it and everybody was teaching it, uh, some archaeologist who didn't know any better went down to the uh, Jerusalem, to, to the Israeli coast and the Turkey coast and all that, and they discovered out in the water there on, at the beach, right off the beaches of those countries, they discovered under the water the Hittite kingdom. Today, the Hittite kingdom has more artifacts available in museums across the world than any other kingdom. Yeah, and you can believe that God laughs every step of the way. Every Amen. step Amen. of the way. Okay, well, now, now, as I said, we're going to have Daniel on uh, on Saturday, and he's going to talk more about the significance of the red heifer's arrival in Israel and what that means uh, for, for the future. I do want to remind you guys, uh, if you'd like to be on the show, simply write us, uh, and you can write me directly at jdwilliams at ustreamit.net, or you can write Terry Farley at... Uh, any moment at att.net and we would love to have you on this show is all about finding the last christian we're well on our way to doing that because time is getting increasingly short i'm not even sure that we're going to have a saturday where daniel can be on things are moving extremely fast if you have not subscribed to youtube yet please do so we would love to have you like the videos share the videos and comment on them because the more you do that the more get out more people hear the gospel and that's really what this is all about this isn't for me this isn't for terry this isn't for the last christian radio show this is to find that last individual to accept christ we are totally out of time for this edition we hope that you'll tune back in at 7 30 central on saturday if we're still here until then everybody good night and God bless you. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday from 7.30 to 8 p.m. Central Time right here on Revelation Radio. And don't forget to join us every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central for The Last Christian Podcast, now available on all major podcast platforms and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds... 